Listening to Our Problems, a workshop podcast, episode two. I'm your host, Patty Johnson. This is the show where we talk about how to get more shows, grants, and residencies. In the last episode, I discussed the structural problems, artist experience, and how it impacts how you perceive yourself. So if you're not paid appropriately for your labor, it affects your sense of self worth. And empowerment in the face of unfair labor conditions that you can't change on your own often starts by understanding your context and what you can and can't change. So if you haven't listened to that episode, definitely go back and take a listen because it really lays the groundwork for a lot of what we're going to discuss here and subsequent podcasts because contemporary art really relies on context to be intelligible. Now I'm going to begin this conversation by asking you to consider what the most important action you can take to get career growth might be. Now, you can write this down or simply say this to yourself inside your head, whatever works. Now, there's a bit of chicken and egg to this answer for me, because in my opinion, you actually need two things. You need to have a demonstrated proficiency in your medium, basically a clear voice and perspective for networking to work at all. But you also need to have a network to develop your work. So basically, you need to have reliable ongoing feedback. And the reason that I bring this up is that I think it's important to talk about some of the conditions around networking in particular that are causing a lot of anxiety right now. Now, there's two prongs to this stress. And the first prong is the stress that our government is crumbling. If climate change doesn't kill us, it'll kill our children and the economy is headed into a recession and like basically the world is a pile of shit. So (laughs) networking is kind of difficult under these conditions because whatever it is you're doing, it can feel really inconsequential. Now, this is a subject that is for another podcast and probably somebody else and different entirely, but I wanted to bring that up as something that is affecting us all. I don't feel like I can ignore it. Now, the second prong to this stressor, the second stressor is what we're going to spend time talking about today. And that is that while the art world is always changing, there are so many changes right now that it's hard to know where our efforts are best placed. So I wanted to talk about a few of those changes and just identify them for us first. And the first is that artists are moving away from city centers. Now, I live in New York and I've done so for 20 years and very few of my friends that I moved here with remain. Now, part of that is normal. People move out of New York as much as they move in. But I will say that almost nobody remains. That is less normal. Most have moved upstate or out of state entirely, and that is because cities are too expensive. And the draw of a fast-paced life is not that much of a draw when we're all too busy anyway. So the result is a more dispersed artist community and administrator community with fewer means of connection. Networking is harder. Artists have fewer mentors as a result, and we all need mentors to grow. So there are a lot of ways through which this regional dispersion of artists is really affecting the community. 
Now, I would also argue that the desire for increased connection is diminished, and that's different from a need for connection, which I think is just as strong as it always was. But the pandemic really taught us that it's possible and sometimes quite desirable to see fewer people, not more. And that's because less noise is good. We need to be able to hear ourselves, to find ourselves. Now, another issue that I see frequently that I'm seeing a lot of right now is that platforms are not drawing in people the way they used to. The large platforms are not doing that. So I'm thinking specifically here of art fairs, which aren't drawing the same crowds, and Instagram, which is not giving us the same opportunities. And we're not sure, a lot of us are not sure where to place our efforts as a result. Now, finally, the final issue that I think is affecting our connection with one another is an issue of self-censorship. If that's even the right word for it, that is something that I think is hindering our communication. Now, one way that this happens is with museums that and institutions that often avoid political work to avoid protests, to avoid incurring a lot of costs. And I also see that artists with privilege will often feel too intimidated to participate in activism or political work or even make anything that might resemble a political statement. And that leaves all of the work to underrepresented communities which frankly is a burden. Now, often the people in these communities have already been traumatized by the art world and institutions they work in. So all of this is bad, right? And there's just a lot to navigate. And frankly, social media is not the place to do it. And we're also spread apart right now that there just feels like, it can feel like connecting is just harder and you can feel a little bit bewildered. Now, The fact is, is that there is no obvious solution to these problems, but I do have a few ideas about where I think things are heading. And I want to lay them out here because I think it's important to talk about them so you do know where you can spend your energy and get some return for your efforts. I want to begin with the market because I think that's going to lead into some of the conversations about social concerns that I brought up just now. And the first thing, we can talk about is that I think that we're looking on a number of levels at market saturation. And with that comes something that I would call social saturation. So for example, the art fairs are fully saturated. There are 13 in September alone. That is a market saturation. And there are far too many for people to attend and we're exhausted by trying to attend all of them. That's a social saturation. And the result of this market and social saturation is less attendance and less press. So the Armory Show saw attendance of 65,000 people in 2017 and 2018. Now, in 2022, they're at a much nicer venue, but only hosting 42,000 people. That's 23,000 people less attending their shows or a reduction in attendance by 35%. And before you say, well, Patty, there was all those years of pandemic, that is true. And their numbers were actually much lower than 42,000. But in 2020, 
before the pandemic hit, just a little bit before, but before the pandemic hit, they brought in 42,000 people. So that's quite a bit lower from their 65,000 height in 2017 and 2018. So there was definitely a wane before the pandemic hit. Now, the response to social saturation has largely, in my opinion, been a return to more familiar methods of communication. I have noticed more energy around events like IRL events, like Upstate Art Weekend, Tribeca Art Openings. So one dealer described the packed art gallery scene in Tribeca this September as similar to Chelsea on 22nd Street in 2004. The exuberance, the number of people, there was a real energy around that opening. Now, another gallerist told me that he had 12 people in his space for his Tribeca opening. And that was the most they'd ever had at a single opening in his 10 years of being in business. So this is a good thing, right? Like I think a lot of us have been really hoping that art fairs as a venue would diminish in importance because they're not so great for showing off art. They really limit what art can be. And so if we are seeing a return to art openings, I think this is also a return to art in some ways. So if you're wondering how to best spend your time when you're visiting a big city, my answer is to go to more gallery openings. At least in New York, they are growing in importance. Now, the next thing I want to talk about is Instagram, which has also reached a point of market and social saturation. Now, remember the good old days, 2014, where basically you'd see every single person that you followed in your feed? That doesn't exist anymore. Now, Instagram, on average, shows us only 4% of our followers. Now, many of us are following like a couple thousand people. So Instagram, the Instagram algorithm doesn't have a lot of choice in this. But it also seems like we're meeting fewer people than we would want to meet on the platform. Like, where are these curator connections? Where are these dealer connections? And things are changing on the platform and they're changing really quickly. So reels are what get eyeballs on your work, not hashtags, although they still do work, just not as well. But learning the software and techniques for reels can feel, for some of us, it's going to feel, frankly, like learning to use AutoCAD. It feels pretty complicated. And of course, also the platform is filled with glitches right now. So those glitches can really be a hindrance. Now, the way to regain connections, in my estimation, like to regain your power and like networking is twofold. And the first is to learn how to make short videos. Now, this is a less familiar medium. It's less traditional and it reflects, though, the maturation of the web. So if TV commercials work better than newspaper ads, then of course, short videos are going to do better. We're seeing the rise of importance in short video. So however tired you are of Instagram, the fact is every social media network right now is pushing short video. They're requiring you to make it. And they're doing that because it works better. It's a better medium to communicate what you're doing. So whether you're on Instagram or TikTok or YouTube, you're going to be doing that short video. So Instagram, it has more glitches. But its strength is its messaging and that it supports image carousels still. 
And that is why I'll be doing an Instagram specific workshop for all network members. You have to be a network member to attend. This is why I'm doing this because it is not going to be hard for you to learn how to do short video if you know what works and what doesn't. And you'll have that after this class. Now, the second part of this, the answer to this problem that Instagram poses is to build your email list. Now, we're seeing a return to the importance of email, a more traditional medium, which is why we spend so much time of it inside on it, like inside network. And I also want to note that this is risk mitigation for you. If you have all your eggs in the Instagram basket, if your account gets hacked, you're fucked, right? You need to have other platforms, other means of connecting with people. And you can, you can lose Instagram at any time. They can change their algorithm. It won't work. That's already happened to some artists. One thing I want to do is to dispel the myth that email is something only for unrepresented artists, meaning like building your email list. That list is how you build your career and your security. You need to have collector emails so that you can let them know that your work is available. And you don't know who will lead to collectors or curators or whoever it is that you want to connect to in the art world. I understand that not everybody is profit motivated in this audience. So you got to build that email list. The other nice thing about email is that you always know that people actually receive your emails. That is not the case on Instagram. So remember how I just said that on Instagram, on average, only 4% of your followers will see your posts. That is not a lot. And they're just scrolling by them. That doesn't even mean that they've like spent any time on them. A good open rate for an email list is 50%. So that's a much higher engagement rate. You also own your own emails. So if your account gets hacked, if Instagram dies tomorrow, your followers are gone, that's it. That's not the case with emails. And that's why email is such an important thing to be building. The last thing that I'll mention about email is that people are much more likely to take action from an email. They have to sign up to get the email, which means that they are your VIPs. They have told you, hey, I want to hear from you. So they want that connection. And it also takes them work to unsubscribe. So your contacts tend to last a little bit longer. So email is, I know there is a lot of resistance to email amongst many artists, but this is a very good way to get people connected with your work and to get them to your shows. Now, the last thing I wanted to talk about, I wanted to circle back to some of these social concerns that we that I brought up earlier. I want to talk about the politically volatile time that we're in right now and how many of us are afraid of being traumatized or inflicting trauma and how this is creating a space where many of us are just not wanting to take risk. Now, I understand that and I think it's really normal for something like this to happen. And there's no right way to navigate this space. And honestly, like this topic makes me nervous. I'm nervous bringing it up, but I'm doing it because I think we can't not talk about it. I can't not talk about it at least. And so this is my recommendation for myself. And it's my recommendation for you too, which is to just embrace 
difference. And I mean this in the fullest sense. Support each other. Ask people what they need. Find ways to meet those needs. Talk to people in communities that are different than your own. That, I can't stress that enough. That is how we build those bridges. That is how we make connection. It's the only way to connect, really. And one last note. If there's one thing that I have taken away from the fall season that has to do with risk-taking and risk aversion, it is that there is enough figurative work out there to sink a ship. So if that's your bag, go all in. But if you are looking for ways to take risks, to shake things up, figuration is going to be a very tough haul right now. So to recap, my recommendations for effective networking are going to openings, learning how to make short video, growing your email list, and embracing difference. And I want to be clear that this work takes an investment of time and reliable feedback. And that's kind of why I think memberships like Network are so important for artists in the first place. That time investment may feel a little bit daunting, but I can assure you that it is far less time than if you don't do any of this at all. Because if you don't do any of this at all, you won't make progress. So you need to do this. I want to thank you for listening to this episode of Our Problems. If you got a lot out of this episode, please share the podcast, share it on Instagram, show it a little love, give it a rating and review it. That is how we share this with more people and I'm able to get the word out there to to everyone. I'll see you back here really soon. Bye.